Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info at If you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Good morning. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Uh, we did introduce Chris and Kelly. Uh, it was better than uh, eHarmony.com. Uh, she was from Seattle. She was one of our interns. If you're single, join the intern uh, program. You'll get married. Amen. And so uh, when it happened, I was with Pastor Ken and Connie, and I just want to uh, take a detour. First of all, Pastor Kim Wyatt, you are truly a statesman, remarkable, an ambassador. We have known Ken and Connie for over 30 years, not only the labor of love that they have poured in the Treasure Valley, but for over 20 years, I believe it's been going to the federal city, the nation's capital. Only heaven will know what your prayers and your labor has done. And in my opinion, this is the greatest church in this entire region, not only in the state of Idaho. And there's churches that come and go, pastors rise and some fall. But to have a church 34 years ago today, Ken and Connie, Chris was only seven years old, would drive their car, all their earthly possessions with at that point fit in the car. And uh, they would come into the Treasure Valley and to think that what God has done in the last 34 years, but in the last year to turn the church over, our God is not only a God of Abraham, but Isaac and Jacob. Church, the best is yet to come. Amen? And I really believe that. And and so uh, you should say thank you because without us, your pastor wouldn't be married. Amen. And, and so Kelly's cutting my hair. And I said, Kelly, I think I know your husband. And, and she goes, who? And she got excited. Tell me. And I said, well, I'm not only going to tell you. We're going to call him right now. She almost passed out. And so we called Pastor Chris, and I said, Chris, how you doing? I said, look, I have this beautiful gal. She's so stunning, and it's remarkable. She's going to fall in love with you. Will you talk to her right now? And it was love at first sound and first sight, and, uh, and we got to officiate their wedding. And I want to say, I think it's an honor. We sewed into their vacation because it's in the Ten Commandments. Thou shall have a vacation. Not a staycation. That's idolatry. That's pagan. We, you know, only pagans have a staycation. We want a vacation, vacay. And, and so it says, thou shalt take a Sabbath. And, and I want to say, uh, I have been all over the world, all over this nation, and your pastors, Chris and Kelly, are two of the greatest lead pastors in this nation. The word is already out. They're saying they're, they're mentioned with names like Judah and Chelsea, Jonathan, Angie Stockstill, Grant Pankratz and his wife, and there is Chris and Kelly. They are remarkable. People, I want you to stand on your feet one more time and just show them some love, a lot of love. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Come on. Almost as good as Boise State football. Almost. Come on. Woo! So, so good. We love you. I have to say, Kelly preaches so much like me, hey? But she's pretty. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm for Boise State. Uh, let me tell you who I'm, I, I'm for the Seahawks. I like the Broncos. I kind of could go with the 49ers. But listen to me. I will cheer in. I will be a fan of Satan before I ever root for the Oakland Raiders. Who? Hey, come on. Their colors are gray and black. That is hell, people. 
Now, I don't know why anyone would pray or root for the Dallas Cowboys. Amen? That, that's mentally challenged, I think. I, no, no, just saying. I will never pray for the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. But it's beyond hatred. It's, a, it's an abomination of desolation to bring the Oakland Raiders into the temple of NFL football. So no way, you know. Uh, I am believing for Golden State Warriors. Come on, people. Old King James. I'm not reading Old King James. I'm reading the NIV. Come on, the non-inspired version. And so uh, I really want Stephen Curry to win and Kevin Durant. Old King, you know, LeBron James. See, no, no, too much. Okay, go back to Ohio. And so uh, how many of you are pulling for uh, Golden State? Okay, thank you, thank you. Can you give him that offering? No, I'm joking. So it's so, so good to be here. And I want to tell you this, and this isn't just a phrase. And I really do believe in our moments together, and it's real brief that we're going to be together, but that your life is going to change. And I want to give you this phrase is that we're going to have the best year yet. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, best year yet? And, and I promise you, your life will not be the same. And best year yet isn't like last year. It's not mediocre. It's not the same. And it cannot just be our own thoughts. And this came to us. We did a series in our church at the beginning of the year, Best Year Yet. And it's on Genesis 24. And I'd like you to turn there today. In Genesis 24, it's the largest chapter in the book of beginnings. Uh, it's one of the most interesting chapters in the Torah, the first five books of Moses or the Pentateuch. And it's about Abraham and his unnamed servant. And really three things are required. Focus listen and respond. Say that with me. Focus, listen, and respond. Say it one more time. And I believe when we begin to focus on God, not what he can do. Lord, I need a healing. My back's out. Or I need some money. Jehovah Jireh. I need some coffee. Jehovah Java. Come on. Thank God for Starbucks. So it's not just focusing on what he could do for you and I. Remember the guy whose son was whacked out from childhood? And he said, Lord, if you can do anything. And Jesus said, if you can believe. So really to have the best year yet is that we focus on God. And when we begin to focus on God, who's unlimited, who's gracious, who's majestic, who's all-powerful, then we begin to listen to God. And we're hearing God. And faith comes by hearing. And then we begin to respond to God. And that's where we're camping out today, responding to God. Now, say this with me. Say cash. Take your hand out. Say cash. A little bit louder now. Say camels. Say camels in cash. And I just brought back the Macarena. Hey, come on. And, and so one more time, say camels in cash. And you see, camels represent what's in your hand. And what's in your hand is your energy, your gifts, your time, your, your, your talents that you could come and give the church. Resources is our money. And I believe that, listen to this, that faith, believing, is required. It's the only way to respond to God. The only proper way to respond to God is through believing. And believing is demonstrated by giving. Now, you could give. Guys give to girls. Girls give to guys. Parents give to their children. You could give and not believe, but it is impossible to begin to believe and not give. And so today, I am going to release your faith in a new way that you will have and we will have together the best year yet. Can you say amen? And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 24. And tonight we will speak on listen. It'll only be probably for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and we're going to pray. 
And I want you to know, even after the last service, uh, I'm not just preaching. I'm experiencing God through the word and saying, God, my focus is on you. You're unlimited. I need you to speak. And Becky and I are praying about an adventure that we're thinking of doing in 2017. If this is you, Lord, confirm it in our hearts. We don't just do what we want to do. We do what God puts on our hearts to do, and we obey him, and we begin to give to what God puts on our hearts. Can you say amen? And so we're going to begin uh, at verse 10 in Genesis 24. And I love verse 1. It says, Abraham was advanced in age, like me. I'm advanced in age. I'm a granddad. And, but I'm the most shredded granddad in all of Ventura. I, I've upped the ante just now. I'm going for the most shredded granddad in all of California. You know, anybody could be cute when you're 20 or 30. Baby, this is a miracle. Hey, come on. I had a dad bod, but I had the best year yet. I'm shredding up. Come on. And so the Bible says Abraham was advanced in age. And listen to this. God prospered him. Get this. In all things. And then he began to talk to an unnamed servant. I can't wait to meet this unnamed servant one day. Verse 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. Everyone say 10 camels. For all his master's goods were in his hands. Get that. It says he took 10 of his master's camels and departed, and all his master's goods were in his hands. Well, we know that in the 10 represents the all. In the 10 is the all. He didn't have all of Abraham's wealth, but in those 10 represented the all. So we go on. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day. And so it's very scriptural for you and I to begin to pray for success, whether you're a barista, a businessman, a teacher, a parent, that we begin to pray for success this day. And show kindness to my master Abraham. Verse 13, behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young women to whom I say, the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. She says, drink, and I will give also your camels to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Now, verse 15 is amazing. It says, while he was still speaking, get this, while he was still speaking, Rebecca came. I had a word from God for someone that what you have prayed about something five years, 10 years, maybe 34 years, and you have not heard the answer to your prayer. And I boldly, with audacity, stand before you, Capital Christian Center. Our God is a praying God. He is a prayer hearing God, and he is a prayer answering God. In 2017 and 2018 will be the best year yet because we're going to pray short prayers. We're going to have quick answers because we are faithful servants to God Almighty. Come on. Can you say amen? And the Bible says, before you even finish talking, call out, and I'll say, here I am. Some of you have been moaning and crying and begging. I'm telling you, your answer is right around the corner. The devil came at you one way. God's answer is coming right now before the next 24 hours. Say amen. And so then dropped down the verse 20, and then suddenly Rebecca quickly emptied the pitcher into the trough and ran back to the well to draw water and drew well for all his camels. Everyone say camels. Say cash. 
And the man, wandering at her, remained silent as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took the golden nose ring, weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist, weighing ten shekels of gold. Then drop down to verse 53. Then the servant brought out the jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, clothing, and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. Everyone say camels. Say cash. No, cash is just your resources. It's just what you have. Financially, big camels represent who you are, your time, your gifts, your serving, your energy. Let's go to two other scriptures. Go to Proverbs eleven twenty four. This is a message paraphrase. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And I say, Capital Christian, in the next 20 years, the world of Capital Church is going to get larger and larger and larger. Amen? Then one other, this is James 2, 14 and 17. It says, what does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Thus, faith by itself uh, without works is dead. I'd say it this way. Faith without giving is inoperative. But if you want to activate your faith, and I activate my faith, it is by giving. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbors. Say best year yet. I don't know about you, but honestly, I'm kind of a freak for smell. And when it comes to a lot of things in life, uh, my wife and I are flip-flop. She, like when we buy a house, she's more like a dude. I'm more like a chick. Uh, when we go look at a new house, she wants to see the garage, the back deck, and in, in where the barbecue pit's going. For me, I, it's like, can you show me the master uh, bathroom, the soaking tub, you know? And, and true story, we, we go into houses, and she goes, oh, this is it. This is a good deal. Go, I don't know why. I'm not feeling it, babe. You know, bad karma, you know. And so, it, you know, she probably talks, I mean, not probably. She speaks a lot less words than I do. But when we go to places, I don't know why, my nose is crazy. I could smell tea in China and coffee in Colombia. And, and so we'll go uh, to a person's house to eat dinner, and it's like, Babe, they have cats. You know, someone needs to tell them. She goes, they don't have cats. I go, I smell cats. If you have a cat, someone needs to tell you that your house stinks. (laughs) And I want to say, I do not believe in Old Testament sacrifice, but I think I'm considering it when it comes to your cat. Amen? (laughs) An evening sacrifice and a morning sacrifice. Go get them. Come on. You know? I kid you not. I don't know if you've ever been to a believer's house and the believer smokes. It's funny. Believers who smoke will come up to me and they go, Pastor Jude. That's how smokers talk, you know. Pastor Jude. Uh, well, I go to hell if I smoke. And that's how they say smoke. And I go, no, you won't go to hell if you smoke. I mean, you'll die early and go to heaven because you go to heaven by grace through faith. But you're going to smell like hell on earth. Come on. And it's so funny, all the believers who smoke, you go into their house and you would swear that we can't smell. Please, if you smoke, someone needs to tell you your house stinks. Come on. You know, how many of you have three boys? We know your house stinks. I had three boys. It smells like a dirty tennis shoe put in a microwave oven for a century. Now, what is the quickest way to get a pollutant out of your house? Open the window, sister. 
And so, like, for example, if you want to get that smoking smell, that cat smell, oh, God, uh, get any bad smell out of your house, begin to open the windows. Now, listen to this. Our faith is a lot like our house. And sometimes, and I want to tell you right now, I do not want my faith to get stale and polluting. Where to go, man, that's a stench around him. I want people to say, man, I think I'm smelling the rare uh, air of heaven. And can I tell you, the greatest way to get rid of a polluting faith is to begin to give. And when we begin to give, it does not open the windows of heaven. It opens the windows of my soul, my heart, my spirit, where my faith is, and I can experience God. Can you say amen? Now, what's interesting, for years and years, uh, I have heard Malachi 3.10. And if you've been in church for a bit, people who get on the platform, especially if they lead in generosity, if they ever quote Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes, they could be from Boise, Seattle, or California, but all of a sudden, because they're reading Malachi 3.10, they're going to sound like they're from Kentucky, Mississippi, and Arkansas. And they usually say it like this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And then they always throw the verse right before it, your curse with a curse. And, and I've even told people this when they say, you know, I haven't time to go, your curse. You have a Harry Potter spell on you right now. And, and people go, what? And I want you to know my thinking has begun to change. And this is what God put on my heart. I want to put it, on your, uh, my, put it in your mind and place it before your thinking. Now the windows of heaven are open. And they are not open because we give or do not give. Whether we give what is in our hand, which is our time, our energy, our sweat, our, our talents, or our resources, which is our money. The windows of heaven are open because of one thing and one thing only. That is because of Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he did on a cross 2,000 years ago. Can you say amen? And can I tell you right now, those windows are forever eternally open. You see, the Bible says Jesus became a curse that I would become blessed. And so it is impossible. Never can the windows of heaven ever be shut again. Whether we give 10% or not or give our time and serve in this church, they are open. But what is it if there's a fresh breeze flowing outside, if every window in my mind, my heart, in my spirit, my faith are shut, then I can cannot experience God, and I will not have the best year yet. Camels and cash, I want to give unto God. Only through giving is my believing demonstrated. Can you say amen? Someone say camels. And camels simply represent uh, your, your, what's in your hand, and that is your time, your energy, your education, what you're good at. And literally, the other one, cash, is our resources. Now, some people, they don't mind giving cash. But they like to check in, check out, but they don't want to serve the church and serve people in the church. Others don't mind coming and serving and giving their time, their energy, but they do not want to give cash. But it's through cash and camels, giving of our time, energy, and resources, and our, our money, that a supernatural blessing comes on us. Can you say amen? Say best year yet. I want you to begin to think about this. The servant said this, and it's an unnamed servant. And, and come back tonight. I want to begin. It's really, it'll be about 10 minutes. It will change your life. How to begin to hear under. And, and so he came and he prayed this prayer. He said, God of my master Abraham. He said, give me success this day. You should be praying for success. I'm praying for success for you, for me, this church, of course. He says, the women are coming out to land. Well, that's very common. Women don't go to the well anymore. They go to the mall. I had a call for the youth of America. Becky had a call with every other woman to the malls of America. Amen. 
And, and so she went. She didn't go to the well. She goes to Nordstrom daily. And so it was very common. The women would come out and they would get water. They get water for their houses, for cooking, for refreshment. And he prayed this prayer. And get this. Everyone say, go above and beyond. Let's do it again. Say, go above and beyond. Have you ever quoted the scripture for yourself? Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more. We always like that more type of stuff. But we like God to give us more without serving. We, we want to serve less and God give more. And, and so he said, we will know she is the one you appointed for your servant Isaac. She not only offers me water. That would be very common. Hey, you need a sip of water? Here's a water bottle. But she would water all of his camels. Now, remember, he had 10 camels in the tent. It represented the all. Now, I don't know about you, but in California, at the last election, they had a proposition. I hate this proposition. I voted for this proposition. This proposition was of the devil. And the proposition was to keep the planet clean, green, and safe. And it was when you go to Albertsons, Ralph's, Vaughn's, Whole Foods, that no longer they're going to give you a bag, plastic or paper, that you have to bring your own bag. They're trying to get rid of all the plastic bags. And, and so... I now go to Albertson's, Vaughn's, the store, and, and you have a boatload of groceries, and, and they say, do you have a bag? It's like, no. Yeah, I have 30 in my car, you know, and you have to pay a dollar a bag. I think Albertson's came up with this. Come on. And so it's like, man, why did I vote for that? I want the planet to be plastic. Let's just trash it. Give me my bags. Come on. Am I the only one? Now, I want you to think about this. Everyone say camels. Say it again. Okay, people. When I would read this, I thought, oh, she got down and she filled the doggy bowl once. No, 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 no. It would have taken the very least for that woman to water 10 camels, 500 gallons of water. Shut up. The devil's a liar. That's too much work. You know what I'm talking about. You know what that would be equivalent? With your one bag that you have from Rouse, Vons, or uh, Whole Foods that you go with a gallon of milk to your car and you go back. You go 500 times. Come on. Am I the only person that prays, Lord, if you want me to go to church today, give me all green lights. Oh, God, a caution. Back home, repent it. Come on. Are you with me? How many feel guilty? Oh, they need more workers and children. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Oh, man, those kids are weird. Now I know why animals eat their young. Out of here. Come on. How many of you ever made a commitment? It's easy to sign up. It's harder to show up. And it's something, that, you see, it wasn't that God was against the Canaanites. It was that they had no faith. You say, well, how did they not have faith? They didn't give. Your believing is demonstrated by your giving. And so this woman showed that she had a faith that would be comparable to Isaac. And her watering those camels should be a woman today. Her faith is still spoken of in an unnamed servant. Every time you go to GC, every time you go to the kids program, when you serve in the parking lot, make coffee. It is a camel and we are reaching God. People are seeing our faith by our giving. Can you say amen? Everyone say camels. Say cash. Say cash. Say camels. Now, you know what's amazing? I kid you not. Uh, it's something about tithing. Now, most churches in the Treasure Valley, when it comes to tithe, they charge their people 20%. That is so wrong. But here, Kelly and Chris are giving a special. It's only 10%, people. Hey, got you. Come on. Everyone say tithe. Say cash. 
Say camels. Say that's my service. True story. Uh, a lot of people don't mind serving, but it's something about giving the 10. Now, everyone say this after me. This is very, very important. And I want you to hear this. The windows of heaven are open, and they'll forever be open. And the very spirit of God is being poured out right now. And you haven't even begun to see. I drove today. I've been coming to Boise for over 30 years. I barely recognize her, and you will not recognize her in 10 years. All of California and Washington are moving here. She will double in size. And we are not going to be a church of thousands. We will be a church of 10,000. We will not have just one campus. We will have a multiplicity of campuses. And how are they going to see our faith? Because we're cute. Well, I mean, it's going to be a little bit more than that. Because our service, the way we give, and the way not only we give our time, our energy, but even our money, is something about that. You see, in the ten was the all. And this is a principle throughout the scriptures. For example, Abraham sees Melchizedek. Some say it was Jesus. And it says he came and he gave him a tenth of all. Everyone say, in the ten is the all. All the ladies said, in the ten. All the men said, is all. I like the men. Okay. Now, check this out. Jacob, he has a God experience, and he says, God, if you bring me back to this place, I will give you a tenth of all. Joseph sent ten carts from Pharaoh, Egypt, to get Jacob. Get this. And it says, all the wealth of Egypt was in the ten carts. Well, first of all, all the wealth of Egypt wasn't on those ten carts because they couldn't bring the pyramids. They couldn't bring all the gold. But you see, in the ten is all. Now, get this, and this is for someone here. You've been in this church for over 20 years, over 30 years, and your faith has died within you. And the Bible says when Jacob saw the carts, those ten carts coming from Egypt, the soul that was within him revived. Hear me when I tell you your soul is going to revive as people begin to give 10 and begin to give 10. We're going to reach 10,000 in a multiplicity of campuses. Can you say amen? Everyone say, in the one is the all. You see, there are 10 commandments, and the 10th of the 10 is one. You break one commandment, you break them all. Everyone say, in the 10 is all. Say camels, say cash. I want to, I'm going to be ending with this story. Really, Becky and I love to serve, and that's kind of what we do. We've been married for 30 years, and we've always tried to honor God, not only with our service, but really for, with our cash. In 1991, we had seven large megachurches, some over 15,000, that offered Becky and I to be youth pastors. And we're in this great metropolitan city, and they put us in the Hyatt. And I'm telling you that all hotels are not created equal. I hope you get to send Chris and Kelly to the Hyatt. Amen. And so we got there, and I kid you not, we met with the pastor and his wife, and he said, we want to offer you $100,000 a year salary. I said, shut up. My wife got slain in the spirit right there. Her vision of malls were fulfilled with that. And I kid you not, they said, you'll have an administrative assistant, a junior high pastor, a college pastor. You'll have an art, anything you need. And, and so we went back to the room. Everyone say, best year yet. Say it again. One more time. What is that for you? To get free of a disease? To get the promotion? Pay off your mortgage? I really hope best year yet is more than surviving the weekend. 
I hope it's more than just paying off the mortgage, sending the kids to college. I really hope the best year yet is more than that. Because the best year yet is when we have a God experience, he becomes clear to us, we're focused, we hear, we listen, and we respond. And the only way to respond is by giving. It is impossible to have a God experience and not give. Amen. And so I kid you not, we... We went to the hotel, and we both, we said, babe, this is it. The money, my gosh, we'll be suffering for Jesus. <laughs> but someone's got to do it. We will. We'll answer this call. You know, send us, Lord. And so we knelt down, and I love this. The Bible says that unnamed servant, he prayed. You know, sometimes we don't get quick answers to our prayers because we're not praying the very will of God. Remember, he said, my master Abraham. When we begin to pray to the Lord, you have a quick answer to that prayer. And I said, Lord, here's your servant. I'm, I'm, I answer, I'm here. And he says, this is not what I have for you. In fact, I didn't say this in the first service. He said, if you accept this position, the pastor was on his second wife. He would end up being on his third wife 15 years later. Your marriage will never make it. And what would it be if we had the best year yet, but our marriage was broken? He said, you're going to get out of debt. We had debt on our credit cards. We owed on a car. He said, you're going to get debt free because one year from now, someone is going to call you and they won't have any money to offer you a job or pay you. And that is what I'm going to have for you. And I'm telling you, one year later, 1992, Wendell Smith and Jenny Smith would call Jude and Becky and said, we're starting a church in Seattle. Will you move? Will you pray about it? God said, yeah, this is it. I go and tell Becky, she said, Mm-mm, man of God, I'm getting my own word. I ain't moving. You, you moved to Seattle. What's the number of that other church? And, and I kid you not. She said, I'm going to pray. You see, we got to have a focus. We have to listen. So she went and she got her Bible. Now, I don't even promote this, but it sometimes works. How many of you ever use the point and find method? God, I need a word. You know, you know, Judas went out and hung himself. No, Lord, no. <laughs> Give me another one. What you do, do quickly. Oh, God, you know. Kid you not, that's the truth. She did point and find method. When she looked down, it was Proverbs chapter 1 in her Bible. Actually, God spoke to her. Becky, turn to page 571 in your Bible, which is different in every Bible translation, the size of the Bible. And it was Proverbs 1, 20 and 21. Becky was a severe stutterer, couldn't say her name. And it says, wisdom makes her, feminine tense, speech in the gateway of the city. And it was one of the very scriptures God had given Wendell and Jenny. And we would move, pack everything we had, and we'd move. And guess what? They didn't offer us money. They didn't offer anything. And all we had was $10,000. And you know how we made $10,000? We sold a house. Now, if you're a dude here and you're newly married, don't buy your wife a house, then sell her house. It would have been better to keep her in the apartment than buy her a house and sell her house. They're either going to be overtly angry or passive-aggressive against you. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to get the, in the ocean inventory. You're going to end up in Tijuana and go, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> Baby, something wrong? Oh, no, no, no. He's like, no, I'm feeling something. No, nothing's wrong. You're wrong, you know. We would move to Seattle. We had two boys. Jude was three. John was one. We forgot how it happened. She got pregnant for the third. My gosh, something is in the clean water in Seattle. And we had to use the 10000 to live. Have you ever lived paycheck to paycheck? Don't raise your hand. 
And so we got down to $1,000. And I'm not as smart. Your pastor's a theologian. He's brilliant. He's amazing. He's anointed. And I got up, and I was just crying. I said, God, I don't know what to do. Becky's pregnant. We have to pay for our insurance. And, you know, what are we to do? He said, give me the $1,000. Wendell was believing nine people to give $1,000 to pay the first month's rent of $9,000 on our startup church. No one thought that broke Jude and Becky would ever be a part of that team. And so he said, give me the time. I said, Lord, that's all I have. He said, yeah, and I'm not asking you for $1,001. I'm just asking for 1000 Can you give it? I thought, all right, you want to play fastball, Lord? Let's go. I said, now, Lord, that's not my money. That's Becky's money. Hey. And you're the one who said the two shall be in agreement. Go talk to her. That's your girl. Come on. A few weeks later, I kid you not, she came to me and she said, God put it on my heart. We're to give money to the rent of the building. And she said, we're to give $1,000. We gave all we had. Camels? Oh, yeah, we moved out. We were children's pastor, youth pastor. I was even the worship leader. Bro, I can't even sing. I'm karaoke champion. Come on. We did everything. You want to talk about camels? And the next thing is this. We gave all our cash. The next day, we were broke, stupid, and happy. Isn't it fun to be broke? Hey, Jesus, you look like the Kool-Aid man. What's wrong with you? I'm broke, you know, and I'm serving Jesus. Kid you not, I'm walking. There's a new house, a detached garage. I have five kids in the youth ministry. The Lord said, you see that house? That'll be your house. I said, Lord, I'm broke. He said, I'm not. Long, long story short, we would be in that house within two years. It was a miracle. I can't even tell you how I bought my home on the beach in California, but it was miracle after miracle after miracle. And this is what I tell you. Listen to me. I really do believe this. Verse 60 in Genesis 24, it's Laban, a manipulating, crooked businessman who's the brother of Rebecca, literally got up and says, our sister, may you become the mother. Augustine said, if God is our father, the church is the mother. May you become the mother, get this, of thousands. Capital Church, 34 years later, were thousands. But in the next 20 years, and tens of thousands. This church will receive a grace, an anointing, a spirit, and a faith for 10,000 people. And may your descendants be strong. And one version says this, possess cities. What about Meridian? What about Nampa? What about all of Boise? What about all the Pacific Northwest? Come on. You say, well, what would they be saying about us? There's a people, they water camels, and they give their cash. They serve, and they give, and their faith is fresh. It's vibrant. The windows of the house are open. It's not stale. It's not stuffy. It's vibrant. Come on. Can you say amen? How many of you say, I want the best year yet? I, I want to experience a year in the next 12 months that I have never experienced in my entire life. Raise your hand. Okay, that's everybody. My gosh, get on your feet. The worship team's coming up. Pastor Ken's going to come and begin to close this. But before you do, I want you to do this. Just put one hand out, say camels, and just don't do cash yet. I want you to shut your eyes. What is it that you can give in your service to this church? My motto is everyone attends one, serves one. 
How can you serve? Can you do parking lot? You go, well, I don't have a lot of talent. Like the scripture that pastor can. I don't have anything, but. Oh, can you work the parking lot? Can you vacuum? Can you do children's ministry? Youth? You say, well, I want to sing. Well, you can't. You make a joyful noise. You're going to scare people. What are you? And you say, well, that's what I want. What are you good at? You will know the camels in your life. Other people go, man, they're really good at organizing. Don't ask me to organize your stuff. I'm a disorganizing. Everyone say camels. What is it? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? The next one, put your other hand out, say cash. What is God asking you to give in the next 12 months to this church? You say, well, we've never given the 10%, and the 10 is all. Can you start off with 5%? Can you then get to 10%? Maybe you give 10, but maybe like what God did to Becky and I, give me that 1,000. I have never outgiven God. I often think that unnamed servant and that girl, Rebecca, did she even know when she watered those camels that day, her name would be literally written in history, and we're talking about her today. And I'm saying right now, as we give our time, our energy, our talents, that's camel. But God is asking some of you to give cash. We're not after your money, and neither is God. But he is after our faith. And you can give and not believe, but you cannot believe and not give. And I'm asking myself the question, is my giving, is it appropriate to my believing? What is it if I say I have great faith, but I give so little? I want to give more money. I want to save all I can. I want to give all I can. That the world may be reached for Jesus Christ. 10,000 people. You hear me? 10,000 people. You haven't even begun to see. And the Bible says, and I prophesy to you through a scripture, I forecast Psalms 118, 24, and 25. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Next verse, 25. I pray now, O Lord, save. Get this next part. I pray now, Lord, send prosperity. There literally is a spirit of prosperity coming to the people of this church that you're going to begin to give up your resources and God is going to give back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Some of you are on the verge of bankruptcy, but God is going to bail you out, and he's going to send now, not tomorrow, prosperity. Some of you have a burden in your tax bill. God is going to cancel your debt and begin to send prosperity. We're not going to give a little. We're going to begin to give a lot, and this church is going to be known for being the most generous church in the entire Treasure Valley I come and I say prosperity is released in Capitol Church in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Can you give the Lord a shout and a hand clap? And by the way, it's, it's not just money. You can be the wealthiest person in the whole world and have your kids be so broke and dysfunctional. All three of my sons are married. All three of them are youth pastors serving in local churches. You said, how did that happen? Because as a family, we had camels and we had cash. 
You could fake a lot of things. We'll know who you are with Jesus, how your kids live. You can't fake reality with Jesus. One time, Jake, when he turned 13, we never required the boys to give all their birthday money. He brought in $275 with birthday money. People in Seattle are prosperous, amen? He came and said, Dad, I want to give it all away to sponsor someone to go to GC camp. He's now 24 years old. And the young man that he sponsored is Mish Fomenko, who now goes all over the world and preaches and is our Agora Hills campus youth pastor. Camels, cash, work. Pastor Ken. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com. 